0: Welcome to Word of Truth. This is Doug Presley. It is 6-11-2023, and we're continuing our worship service with the thought of the week in prayer.
1: Okay, the thought of the week. Okay, his Jewish resume, Ricky, he started by saying, Hercules on the 8th day. This was a bag of honor for two, and it is mine, mind being it's it, we are not to say the Jews are unaffected by their temporary attitude. Followed off to the circumcision but their covenant, of which circumstances of a, a physical thought for throwing an analogy between our baptism of the spirit the physical right of circumstances, growth. And him you will also circumcise in the putting off the difference is not with the services done by hands of men, but with the services done by Christ. The baptism of the Spirit is our sign that belongs to the body of Christ. For we all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave for free, and we are given the Spirit, or we are given one Spirit. Obviously, no physical sign is required to be in the body of Christ. It is through the gospel that we are baptized by the Spirit into one body. Spiritual baptism is not a physical act. It is a spiritual act and as a result of salvation.
0: Appreciate that. Um, we are going to look to the Lord in prayer. Um, any uh, prayer requests? Please, uh, will give a moment to uh, to raise anybody you have on your heart. All right, we're going to uh,
1: I'll pray for the Myers family. And oh
0: yes, go right ahead, Bill.
1: Travel mercies for Henry.
0: Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll do. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this time we have uh, this at this point uh, in the afternoon. We we thank you for grace, which is hard for us to understand, uh, but we know through humility and the help of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives, we have come to understand your salvation is by grace and how we ought to receive it so we thank you Father for your provisions for us not only salvation, provision and the work of Christ but the fact that you chose us in Christ before the creation of the world Uh, Father as we are in this world we know that you said we will have trouble so we recognize that there's going to be difficulty. Uh, there's going to be opposition to the message that we carry, so we recognize that and, and acknowledge it and, and understand it as the suffering of Christ. So Father, uh, we pray for certain individuals that have come to mind, as we've noted, uh, we're praying for Mike Presley and his family in particular. Father, you know situation there, and listen, we're lifting them up, we're keeping them uh, as they come to our thoughts, we come to you in prayer. We pray for uh, my father, Frederick Daniel Presley Sr., who uh, is recovering as well. You know exactly where where he is and what he needs, Father, even way more than we do. So we pray for uh, the Haddon family, family, the entire Presley family. Uh, we pray for Um, the Myers family, the Sneed family, praying for the Torres family, praying for traveling mercies in particular for Henry as he travels back to Florida on Tuesday, uh, asking that you would guide and protect him as he uh, travels and that he might reach his destination safely. And so, Father, we... We're praying for uh, the church, universal, that uh, we may all come to the knowledge of the truth uh, of the Son of God and become mature, and that we may fulfill the purpose that you called us. And we recognize that one day we're going to all be together, we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. So, given that thought, Father, we pray for unity in the... And the faith faith the knowledge uh, that we will have the humility to be guided by the Holy Spirit into all truth we thank you for the provision that is ours not just for a time but the Holy Spirit will be with us forever as you have said in the words so we thank you Father for equipping us for strengthening us for giving us the hope that goes beyond knowledge. So we thank you for those who have come to this study in particular, and we pray that uh, we will be challenged by the the passages of Scripture that we will cover. We thank you for Word is Truth, Christian Church, that there is a place where we can come and talk about these things openly, honestly. All of this we ask in Christ's name. Amen. So, we are... Uh, as you know, we're right in the book of Galatians, chapter 2. We've been dealing with some, uh, I'd say, intriguing topics. <laughs> Anytime there is such disruption at high levels in the very church that we, in which we stand, we need to be aware of why we are. these things have been recorded for us. In the word of God, or as Paul would say, preserved for us. So in Galatians chapter 2, 11 through 21, we're looking at notes. And for for, for this whole section, and I'm just going to pick up to where we left off, and we'll get there in chapter 2. Then, 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and took, and took Titus along with me. I'm switching to the NIV. I went in response to a revelation and a meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised even though he was a Greek, the matter arose because some false brother uh, believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognize that I have been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles." James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. When they recognized the grace given to me, they agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew and yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs. We, who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we're going to stop right there. even Because really we stopped at verse 14 and 15. I, I don't know how far we're going to get, but we're going to pick up around verse... 13, just some couple notes, <coughs> and uh, <coughs> I'll just quickly read 2, uh, 13, in your notes, I, just as Peter knew better, so did Barnabas. So, don't underestimate the influence of religious people. We were all raised with religious sentiments <coughs> and we were all raised with a uh, religious culture. Some, some people may have been raised to say that there is no God, right? That's the culture they were raised in. And that is what their belief system is, uh, revolves around. <clears throat> Others were raised with a religious culture that they use to judge God. Remember, all of our culture is in Adam, in darkness the new life, the free life is in Christ. So this is I, Barnabas knew better. We saw Barnabas was a Levite, we saw his name was Joseph, Uh, but they started calling him Barnabas and that's what he became, he came to be known as Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas all throughout Acts, you could read it, how they were like uh, partners, In the gospel, they understood. Barnabas understood for sure. He was a traveling companion with the apostle Paul, but yet his Jewish sentiments still were very large in the way he thought. Now, we wouldn't have guessed that. So, really, when you think about this, Paul stood apart from many of the other Jews that were there, he had to take a stand. He stood up in front of them all, even his traveling companion, his friend, Barnabas, and correct Peter. Now, he wasn't just correcting Peter. He was revealing pockets of legalism that were found in all of the, the others, Jews, that were there. So so even Barnabas was led astray. Now, to me, that's that's... That says a lot. It says how we bow to religious organizations, how we, we give them our humility as though God is speaking through them. And it's, it, it amazes me how uh, a person <clears throat> can, be, can reject salvation by grace. And we will see that he rejects salvation by grace. Let's say some teaching, some ministry. We see that that person rejects salvation by grace. However, we then still turn to that person for guidance and direction in the spiritual life. How how does this work? If you don't have the foundation of grace, you certainly are not going to know how to instruct someone on living the spiritual life. But yet, why do people do this? Why do they... Uh, major on the minors and minor on the majors, as I said earlier. It's because religious training, culture, some of the things they will say will correspond to cultural norms and standards that people have in their heart. This is why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, all of us, because that will stop us from being conformed to the pattern of this world. Because we're already there. We already got those cor- cultural norms and standards. It's, they're there. The only way we can, the only salvation <laughs> from, and this is physical deliverance, this is the way I'm using salvation. Only salvation from that thinking, from the culture, from the religious training, is to be transformed. It is not to practice anything. It is to be transformed to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to transform our thinking into the new way of thinking, the new dispensational thought. So, point J, us <clears throat> Straight, Barnabas made the same mistake as Peter. He did. He allowed the fear, his fear of his culture, his love, to overcome his love for the truth. Remember, perfect love casts out fear. If you love God and you are, are, are contending for his truth and your whole purpose is aligned with his truth, you're not even going to have to fear or worry about what other people are saying because you'll be so consumed by the truth that you will forget <laughs> where you are. The fact that you're in a world of opposition, people who are opposing you, you will forget about them. You will be consumed with the love of the truth. The love of the truth will be the destiny of your life, the commitment, the honor, the obedience to the truth, the transparency of who you are in Christ. So, he allowed fear to overcome him, and even... Barnabas was led astray. I'm, sure, I'm so glad Paul wasn't led astray. Because if he was, we wouldn't be telling this story right now. He righted the ship here in the leadership. He, 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 he put things straight. It's, we're not just talking about the egos of two leaders. We're talking about the truth of the gospel here. The way, the new way of life for this age, was Paul stood up for that. It did not include the Mosaic law. It did not include the cultural norms and standards that the Jews had. They were wrong. And they were wrong even in the time of Israel. But that is what they had become in in their flesh view of the Mosaic law. So point K, we are not given this story to create villains and heroes, right? Uh, Some people people say, well, I like Peter, or I like Jesus, or I I don't like Paul. Paul says things I don't like, and that's not the way Peter understood things. Peter understood this. He was wrong. He knew he was wrong. He just didn't have the courage to stand up for what was true, for what was right in the face of opposing forces. So Peter's not an enemy. Paul's not an enemy. We are given the truth here. Someone stood up for the truth and it was God the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul who had a transformed mind. This is not to say that Paul was perfect and didn't have any problems. But when it came to this, this is a major thing. Where, which way the church would go would they follow the Mosaic law would they respect and adhere to the Mosaic law when they did all that if they would go that route they would be disregarding showing disrespect for the new age information that God had hidden within himself and then revealed after the resurrection so there's no villains Peter's not a villain and Paul's not not a hero here so our true enemy is Satan and doctrines of demons, right? Trying to, this is what he is using to destroy the church. Let's move on. <clears throat> this is, that was all in re, some review. Point number three, Galatians two fourteen. This is where we are. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs so let's this is a huge verse. I mean this is a lot, but let's see if we can break it down i I did you know some points here let's see if we can cover them okay Point A when I saw so Paul observed the scene developed and saw peter and hit peter's behavior as inappropriate for the new age he responded with a public rebuke so paul says when when i saw this he saw the whole scene develop he saw peter and he said he didn't say peter would just happen to sit with the Gentiles. he said he was he he knew better he, he fellowship evening again was not just about consuming Uh, food it was about fellowship so peter was fellowshipping with the gentiles it was not a problem and he understood that it wasn't a problem as long as there weren't these the circumcision group believers as long as they weren't around peter was good but when they came around it was a problem paul saw this he recognized that peter had this flaw that needed to be corrected. And it wasn't just Peter, just know. The other Jews followed him in his hypocrisy, even Barnabas, remember. So it wasn't just Peter. It was something that needed to be unearthed, something that needed to be exposed in early on, because otherwise it would manifest in terrible ways later in the church. So it needed to be trotted out, exposed for what it really was. It was uh, a rejection of the New Age and trying to go back to the Old Covenant, or not the Old Covenant, but the old Mosaic law, the way of Israel. When we are not Israel, there is no Jew or Gentile in the church. Churches, the basis of the church is not Israel. So those are the things... That needed to be, when Paul saw this develop, he, it's not like he just saw one example and then decided, oh, okay, well, this is what it is. He saw this thing develop. He saw Peter's behavior. He said, well, he used to eat with the Gentiles all the time. Wasn't a problem. But then when the circumcision group came, he got—he uh, pushed away from the table, got up and, and left the Gentiles. This example that Peter was setting, Paul's, observed it, and he, he, he said, this is wrong. We're in the new age. And he responded. He rebuked. He said, I, I spoke to him in front of them all. It wasn't just, who's them all? All of them. The Gentiles got the understanding of what was true, as well as those who had the heritage of Judaism. It was inappropriate. It was wrong. So, that's how we ought to see it. But the only way we're going to see it is if we're transformed, right? We let this thing go on and on if we're not understanding what the truth of the gospel is. And the truth of this age is, point B. <clears throat> acting in line with the truth of the gospel. So this is what Pe- he, he observed, right? This is what Paul observed Peter doing. So Peter's bad decisions were not indicative of his salvation, but of living the new spiritual life. So now notice, not only, so what Paul is fighting here is not just, um, he's not about salvation. This is what my point was. It wasn't about salvation in the first place. Paul was not questioning Peter's salvation what would Peter's salvation have to do with eating with the Gentiles or not eating with the Gentiles? It's not a salvation issue. It's not a question of salvation. So it wasn't about that. But it was about the new spiritual life, whether we are under the law or not under the law. And that's one feature of the new uh, dispensation, that we're not under the law. It's just one feature. There's many more things. Somebody said, we're not under the law. Well, what are we doing? What, what is our purpose? What How are we to respond to God? So there's a lot of things we could talk about, but this one thing could be deleterious for the church if it was allowed to go on without being checked. His decisions were, were not true to the new life that we have. And I'm so glad that we got this correction because people today are doing the same thing. In the light of the book of Galatians that we have, you would think, okay, we have a whole treatise on this thought of whether we're under the Mosaic law or not. It's called Galatians, the book of Galatians that was the Holy Spirit preserved for us. And yet, what do we see? see people doing the same thing. Same thing, the same error in judgment about living the new life. The fear of caving in to traditional norms and standards uh, and and neglecting what the truth is with respect respect to the gospel. So point point C, uh, it it was notice... The truth of the gospel was violated by Peter. It was safe to say that Jewish customs were not in line with the truth of the gospel. I I think you can make this statement, right? So this is what Paul says. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew and, and so forth. And then how do you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs so point C is just my observation that the truth of the gospel uh, obviously is not in line with the truth of the gospel uh, with Jewish customs rather I think it's clear Jewish customs is not the way of life for the church and I find this so much today I see even more and more Social media, people studying Judaism and coming up with all these Hebrew words, or even calling Christ Yeshua and all this stuff. Why are they doing all this? Why? What's this big push to? Well, let me tell you what the word here in Hebrew really means, and let me tell you what this word over here means in Hebrew, and how you sh-. And people think that's the allure of the church. That's what we should be focused on the Old Testament Hebrew, when really God has revealed information that he did, brand new, that he hid in himself before creation. He he knew what this plan was. He hid it within himself. And, And then he began to reveal it after the resurrection, at Pentecost is when it all started. And to think that he hid this information from Israel, tells me that this information has nothing to do with us being Israel. If it did, God would have told us, hey, you're an extension to Israel. But listen, we have a brand new purpose. And for the church to resist it, for the church to not see it, and to follow Jewish customs, to think that the Jews, the revelation to the Jews, is what governs the church, is heresy. It, it is b- being misaligned with God who revealed this information through signs and wonders and miracles. He demonstrated <clears throat> that this is the direction that he's going. The Jews are sleeping right now. What's happening in Israel is not what God is doing. He's not working through Israel. He's working through the church. The church is not under the Mosaic law. We're not a nation before God. The church is in every nation. So we're not to bow to Jewish customs. We're not to uh, acquiesce to their thinking and what they think the plan of God is because that was there. Yes, it's the Old Testament. It was a revelation of God at that point. But that is not who we are. We're not Jew or Gentile in Christ. We have to come to the revelation of that truth, <clears throat> not Jewish customs. They're busy telling you, oh, see this word here? In Hebrew, it really means this. Let me show you, let me make an application to how that, what, what you should understand. And these little tidbits of information of, of Judaism have become the fodder of the church and preaching as though we're really missing out on something because we we're, we weren't raised Jewish. And that's not the truth at all. God, he doesn't need, he, he got new revelation for us. That's just not to say we can't still understand dispensations and how God is et- accomplishing his eternal purpose through dispensations. He is. And we can see the progressive dispensations as we as we see through the, through the Bible. But man, the dispensation we're in now <clears throat> is what we are to focus on, not Israel. Or, out and out here, Jewish customs. Now we read last week what happened, the, the passage in Titus. Paul said they must be silenced. He says, especially those of the circumcision group. Especially they're the ones causing major disruption. Now look, Paul said in Romans 11, that as far as the gospel is concerned, they, Israel, are enemies for your sakes, but because of the patriarchs, they're loved, Right? God still has a plan for them. So a lot of people who come over, who are Jewish, who are believers, don't recognize the revelation to the church. They just think that God is continuing with them in the, in the state of Israel. Like, even though I'm, I'm not, Israel is asleep right now, they recognize that. But they still think it's all about Israel. They don't see that the church is the Father's eternal purpose for all things. So that Israel is a component part of the Father's eternal purpose. The church is the Father's eternal purpose. So, we have to be clear on this. We're too impressed with religious people, religious paraphernalia. People think if they put a cross on, all of a sudden they're holy or something. This is holy. It is what you think. So this is why we talked about the transformation of mind. This is why we, what we do here may <clears throat> seem boring to some people because there's no entertainment value. It is about discipline and learning. Now, I have listen, I love humor. I love it. I, I see life in terms of humor in many cases. But when it comes to this, it's not about humor. It's about learning it's about coming to the knowledge of the truth. It's, by, it's about growing up. So while some some humor may be infused because I can't help it, but ultimately, this is about learning. It's not it's not even just about learn it's not about learning Jewish customs for sure, but it is about learning what is the plan of God for our lives. What should we be doing? What is our focus? What is your destiny? All of that is important. Point D, we're moving forward. Why? Because why do we not follow these Jewish customs? Because the gospel is the foundation for the spiritual life, right? So you believe by grace you were saved through faith. and that not from yourself. That's the foundation of your how did you get into the spiritual life? It was the gospel. So Paul is using of the gospel here, or the truth of the gospel, to illustrate this point. Why is he using the truth of the gospel here? Because somebody might say, well, I can understand how somebody would say, well, he's talking about the gospel here. What is the gospel? gospel is, for by grace, are you say, through faith. Right? Is he talking about the gospel? He's not. He's talking about the truth of the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is the foundation of the spiritual life. Whether you are called to Israel in the past or now to the church. Salvation by grace is a prerequisite. Now think about what I'm saying. This is a huge point, right? So why did Israel fail in the first place? Why did they fail? If we go back, we studied this when we were in Romans 10. Well, we we studied it before, but boy, it came out really clear in Romans 10. Listen to Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Again, I ask, did Israel not understand? Listen, hear, understand, right? First, Moses says, I will make that you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And, and Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. But, but concerning Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. So, so Israel, just think about this for a sec the only way they could have fulfilled their calling was to accept the gospel to believe the gospel 14 how can how can they call on the one they have believed they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them so they have had the message preached to them It is clear. Israel rejected the message. So how could they possibly perform their calling? Well, of course they were going to fail at their calling if they rejected the very gospel that they were supposed to take to the world. They needed somebody to tell them the gospel. Never mind them evangelizing other nations. They needed the gospel. So certainly they would not be able to. It, it, it goes without saying. So when we think about <clears throat> that, you, you can understand what's happening for the church as well. The gospel is a prerequisite to being in Christ, right? That, that, that is the case. We, we, we would never say that it's not. It's a prerequisite. Clear, clearly. If, you don't, if you're not saved by grace and you understand the humility and receiving salvation on God's terms—that means you understand the bad news. You understand it all. That's why you're in salvation in the first place. Now, that's the place where you begin to learn to be, to stop being conformed to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's when you start. It doesn't work the other way around. So. This is point D. It it is an important point. It's the foundation of the spiritual life. So whatever Israel was supposed to do, they were supposed to receive salvation first, and then they will be able to exercise their calling, which is to take the gospel to other nations. The church, right? Same thing, right? We, We have to hear and believe the gospel before we can live the spiritual life, this new spiritual life that's available to us since... Pentecost yeah so it is important it's, it, if you don't have it in this order well you don't have it you can't put the cart before the horse in no way no how point E I said to Cephas in front of them all this is this is Paul Why does he? while Paul was watching Peter he noticed others were watching him too Peter was a leader and he was leading them in the wrong direction. Of course, Peter recovered from this and grew out of it. Now, <clears throat> the only way Peter could have recovered from this is to grow out of it. Spiritual growth is the answer. It is not, well, I'm going to practice something so that I don't do it. Right? It's like sucking your thumb or biting your nails. Somebody said, well, I've just practiced that. I don't do it anymore. It'll become a habit not to do it, right? But here, in the spiritual life, the way you think, the only way it could be changed is by the renewing, replacing what you think with the truth. The reality for living your life. Now, it's not to say that everything you think is totally bad. When I say bad, I mean bad for this world, right? You may be a very logical person, Some of the things you think are very practical, utilitarian, all of those things, right? You might look at that and say, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wise. But that is not the reality that God has given us in this world. This is not to say those are wrong. It is to say they are not for you as a believer in Christ, what God has called you to. There is a new life available and that's the new creation in Christ that God has made of you. He's already baptized you by the Spirit. He's already united you to the person of Christ. You're already there. Now, the only question is, do you think according to it? Do you understand who you are in Christ? Do you know how to walk? Do you are you able to battle? Well, forces in the heavenly realms? Are you evil forces in the Are you able to contend with them? And you could be deceived and your life can be neutralized by Satan. If not, and you will not be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. So point E, Peter recovered. He grew out of it. Part of what happens in the rebuke Listen, Peter knew it, he just didn't have the courage, but he, he learned to have the courage, even in the face of this circumcision group. We can learn that kind of courage as well, in the face of religious people in our day. It's the same, very similar, maybe not the same exact thing, right? People, we are Gentiles <laughs> by nature, right? That's where we were born, and Gentile, most of us here, <clears throat> but everybody listening to me, listen to me here, may not be so. So he says, You are this is this goes into the next point, point F. You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile. Wow, Peter lived like Peter understood that's why he understood he wasn't under the Mosaic law, he was enjoying the freedoms that were afforded those in this age. He, he was. Now look at this. <clears throat> if you go to Acts chapter 15, I know this isn't in the notes, but here it is. Acts chapter 15. Peter is the one that stood up and made the case for grace. So he says, uh, here it is. Verse 10, 15, 10. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as they are. Now, what happened? The whole assembly became quiet, or silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs wonders that God had done among the Gentiles through them. Notice, what was backed up by the message of grace? Signs, wonders, and miracles. This, this is, Peter made the point. He's the one that was impressed and showed that the law, the way we were looking at the law was wrong. We were never able to bear the law. Neither did none of us were. So now we're going to give the law to the Gentiles as a way of salvation? No way. No way. So, did Peter understand? Yes, he did. He fully understand. And he knew that he wasn't a Gentile. I'm sorry, a Jew anymore in Christ. And he lived like a Gentile. Paul called him out. He said, You're a Jew, and yet you live like a Gentile. You're not doing Jewish things. You're living like somebody who's in the church, but you just didn't have the courage. So just to note in point F, Peter was born into the Jewish culture. However, Peter understood that he was not under the Mosaic Law anymore. So, quote, he used to eat with the Gentiles. It wasn't a problem. That's verse twelve. That's Galatians two twelve. He used to eat with the Gentiles. Remember. Peter's experience in Acts 10:28. He understood it. I'm going to Acts 10, 28. We read this before. Let's read it again. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for the Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So he understood. Which is why we use the word, Paul used the word hypocrisy. He knew uh, what was on the inside, but it wasn't being reflected on what was on the outside. So this is, he understood he wasn't under the Mosaic Law, but yet the circumcision group invoked in him those traditional norms and standards, the old Lang Syne, and and he started following, uh, you know, he just automatically responded culturally instead of Biblically, that's fear. Yeah, that's fear. Gee, how is it then? Right. This refers to the fact I'm breaking down the phrase. How is it then? It refers to the fact that Peter knew better, which is why this hypocrisy is called out. And I have First John four eighteen because it talks about the fear. You know, uh, perfect love drives out fear. So <laughs> he knew better, but it was he did not have that perfect love because he wasn't he he was afraid to stand up for his beliefs in the face of Jewish uh, circum- the circumcision group who believed that the Mosaic law should be what governs their church, and it, it is not what governs the church. We are under grace. God has a new way for us. We have new dynamics, new assets that God has provided for us. So we're not the same as Israel. We've got a different purpose. H. So why do you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Now, how how was Peter forcing the Gentiles? And what are Jewish customs? (laughs) This is how the Jews saw the Mosaic Law. Now notice, without the benefit of the Spirit. We already know Acts 7.51, which says, You do always resist the Spirit, just as your forefathers did, so do you. This is Stephen calling them out. And then Matthew 16.23, let me read that. Matthew 16.23. likely have to read uh, the previous verse to get the context. Um, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him this is 22 never Lord he said this shall never happen to you this is what Jesus is telling Peter how he's going to go through and suffer many things and then on the third day be raised to life be killed and on the third day be raised to life Peter said no way never Uh, this is never going to happen so Jesus turned to Peter and said get behind me Satan you are a stumbling block to me how, how so? Here it is. You have in, in mind the concerns of God. You don't have and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. What is that? How, where do you get those human concerns from? Culture. And that was not just correct culture. It was false because it was the culture without the influence and tutelage of the Spirit of Truth. the whole It was not the Spirit of Truth. He wasn't available then, but in that manner. Because the Spirit of Truth reveals the New Age. But the Holy Spirit was available in the Old Testament to Israel. Not in the same way He is to the Church. He wasn't in us. All the things that we have, the indwelling, the, the filling... Right, the sealing, all the different things that we have, the baptism of the Spirit. They didn't have all that. But they did have the Holy Spirit helping them to understand the law, their way of life, the impact that God wanted them to have in this world. So notice, Jesus rebuked Peter for having religious traditions and culture on his mind. That's how they saw the Messiah. Jesus was teaching them what the true Messiah was going to do. He was the true Messiah. He said, wait, let me tell you. I know you said I'm the Christ, Son of the living God. Let me tell you something now. Let me give you some theology. Right? This is 22, uh, where it says, actually 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, <clears throat> that he must be killed. And on the third day, be raised to life. Now, that was not in Peter's theology. That was not in the culture of the Jews who had rejected the spirit of truth. A lot of this was right there in Isaiah. So, 53. But it was rejected. They didn't understand Isaiah 53. And hence, Peter said, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. That was his cultural norm and standard. But yet, what was it? Merely human concerns. Just know that. That's where that was. I. Well, just to emphasize. What are Jewish customs? This is how the Jews saw the Mosaic law. Without the benefit of the Spirit. Right? Just keep that in mind. I, knowing though that those born Gentiles would follow Peter's poor example. Paul uses strong words. In other words, he says, you force Gentiles. How did he force Gentiles? Those are strong words. He didn't force them to follow Jewish customs. But those Jewish customs were enforced, reinforced by Peter. He was fine with the circumcision with the, with the Gentiles, but then when the circumcision group came, he changed and, and went over to be with them. He separated himself from the Gentiles, like following Jewish customs. False Jewish customs. We should know it was a poor example. In the first place, even for Israel, it was a poor example. And when Christ came to Israel, Many times in his ministry, they accused him of sinning, they accused him of breaking the Mosaic law, and Christ pointed out to them why they were uh, not seeing the, the meaning of many times, why do you break God's law by your tradition? He constantly told them different things when he had skirmishes with them. So he uses strong words force Gentiles. And this is where we are today. Right? This is where Gentiles are compelled to follow Jewish customs. Why? Because they honor, they revere these Jewish customs. They feel like this is the plan of God, that, you know that they always go to the Old Testament first as their line of reasoning. To tell people who are not Jews how to live. Yeah, this is no disrespect for what God created through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the nation Israel. It is to say that is not what's happening today. Point J, and we're going to have to close after this. Customs. Customs, traditional norms, and standards are dictated by their learned culture and religious training. Let's look at Mark uh, for this, Mark 7. Verse 7 and verse 13, Jesus says, they worship me in vain, notice, this is the this is exactly what we're talking about. They 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 worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So they're on, so they, they had the mosaic law all right, but their teachings were merely human rules. He says you have to let look at verse 8. You have to let go of the com, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. I mean, it'd be nice for you to read this whole thing. And he, Well, let's read it. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. And he gives examples. For Moses said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is korban, that is devoted to God, then you no longer, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother, right? So, in other words, you you disavow the command of God. Thus, you nullify the Word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. Notice, this is not something. This is becomes truth. In their minds, because my father did it, my grandfather did it, my great grandfather did it, so I'm doing it. The only way we're going to hear from God now—I'm not saying it, but Jesus says, "Look at verse, look at the end of verse 13, and you do many things like that." This—I point—I've given you an example, but there's there's a lot more to say. You do many things like that. And this is happening. Tradition and culture prohibit us from hearing from the Word of God, hearing what God has to say. If you, even your tradition and culture can stop you from listening to what is salvation. And here, the worship of God can be disrupted by your tradition and culture. You can't hear, you can't see. This is for the Jews, but I'm saying today, same thing. The the Gentiles revere Jewish culture. They say, well, that's where the Bible came from. We have the Jews as, we're Christians, but we stand on the Judeo-Christian, you know, stance. This is how we see things. But no, there's something brand new. was revealed at Pentecost Jesus introduced it it breaks through the barriers now they could have broke through back then too but they refused you saw how it developed that's why Stephen says you do always resist the Holy Spirit just as your forefathers did so do you it can stop you from believing the gospel and it can stop you from fulfilling the way of life that we have in Christ so we're going to have to stop. <clears throat> Hopefully, um, as we cover these things, we can begin to see how our traditions, our customs, our religious training that we have fight against the the spiritual, new the new revelation that we have from the spirit of truth. As we close, please pray with me that for the church because it's the thinking of God with regard to this new age has been cast aside, it's been attacks. But let's pray and ask God to reveal these things to us so that we can have the boldness to go out and to teach these things as they should be taught. Let's bow our heads, thank you Father for your word. We thank you for this group that we are able to talk about such things. We cannot talk about these things in any church, but you have given us an opportunity to not only talk about them, but to develop the wisdom that you have given us in your, in your word around this revelation. We thank you, Father, for grace, for the calling, for helping us through the ministry of the Spirit to come to the knowledge of the truth, to understand what you are doing, what your eternal purpose is. And we pray for the church universal, that they will come to the knowledge of the truth as well. And if you can use us in any way, Father, we we pray that you will. And we will have the courage to stand firm, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We thank you. All of this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.